The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. Well, good morning again, and thank you for joining us. I say us because it's me and my producer, Ricky Herrera. Good morning, Ricky. Good morning, everyone. Ricky, I'm super excited about my interview coming up with Elgar Hajiev, who is, uh, well, he's a one-time friend and a close business associate of Azerbaijan's current president, Ilham Aliyev, uh, but now a dissident and a whistleblower who basically had to uh, defect, um, go to Russia, then Switzerland, and is now here uh, with political asylum in the U.S., and he's just uh, wrote and published a book called Confessions of a Russian Oligarch, which is an expose on the crimes of the Aliyev clan, corruption, and uh, their connection to Putin. So um, that's uh, probably one of the most exciting interviews I've had uh, recently. Can't wait for you to uh, listen to that. What a life. What a life. Imagine being on the wrong side of that guy, Aliyev, I'm referring to. Right. Kind of harkens back for me, um, your interview with Alexander Laps Lapshin. Right. And just the the horror and trauma that he went through. And I'm, I'm excited for this interview, and I think everyone's going to really enjoy it and learn a lot. Yeah, what's happening halfway around the world. You're right. Lapshin, uh, Lapshin is another person that the Aliyev clan tried to, well, kill. Uh, he was, uh, he was, I mean, his only, his only doing, which was nothing, he did nothing wrong. He went to Artsakh, also known as Nagorno-Karabakh, as a travel blogger. And the next thing he knows, he gets arrested in Belarus and extradited to Azerbaijan, where he spends eight horrific months. Uh, they tried to kill him in prison. And, uh, you know, he's an Israeli-Russian uh, citizen. So finally, the Israeli government and Russian governments, they intervened and he was freed. And of course, he is, uh, I interviewed him for my film Motherland, which, you know, I just, uh, I just came back from the Armenian premiere of the films. It premiered in LA in July. And uh, yeah, I mean, these are a lot, there are several people. There's also Mohammad Mirzali, who's also in my film, who lives in France now, they tried to kill him three times. Uh, one of them, uh, he almost died. Uh, you know, French doctors uh, saved him. He's now uh, living with uh, French security in Paris. So yeah, the, the Aliyev, Aliyev clan are just out of control. I think you used the word nothing. They did nothing. I mean, <laughs> the threshold to get on the the wrong side of of that Aliyev clan is is pretty low, man. They're they're ruthless, and I, I just I just feel for these gentlemen, for these women, for these people that have to run from everything they know. But anyways, uh, was there anything that surprised you during the interview? Well, I was. I don't know if I was surprised, but it was very refreshing because he's not afraid to talk. I mean, this is a guy that. 
In 2017, when he lived in uh, Moscow and he'd sent his family to live in Switzerland because of safety reasons, uh, they recruited his nephew. They bribed his nephew to poison him. You know, and we know that the sort of the Russian KBG way of getting rid of people is poisoning. So they tried poisoning him by using his nephew against him. Uh, obviously, he didn't die. Uh, and soon after he, you know, he left Russia, he fled to Switzerland himself and then to the U.S. So that was that was surprising. But I'm, I'm really taken by how blunt he is <laughs> and uh, open and direct and he just sort of doesn't mince words and he has plethora of evidence and receipts on on years of Aliyev's uh, corruption and crimes and what they're doing to their people while the Aliyev family lives a lavish life from Baku to London since they have about 900 million pounds uh, invested uh, in real estate, just in the UK. So they live like uh, royalty, while most of Azerbaijan is in poverty. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely echo what you said. I give it up for these brave people who are not afraid to speak up. You conduct a, a wide range of interviews, politicians, promoters, and people who have a target on their back, for lack of a better term. Is your approach different when you have an interview like uh, the gentleman that uh listeners are going to hear a little later in the show? Of course, with every individual, you you sort of have to, you have to design your questions a little differently. But the, at the end of the day, my approach is to get the truth, to have, to have them talk about things that they can prove with evidence, with sources and backup so that uh, the information is not speculation, rumor, hearsay, but it's actual fact. And so I stress that I, in fact, I met with uh, Ilgar Hajiev, whose interview is coming up the day before uh, our interview, because I needed to really <laughs> talk to him face to face, get the facts, uh, you know, check and uh, verify things before interviewing him, because that's really important. Uh, and of course, I I try to let them let them have whatever comfort level they have in how much they want to say. Of course, I, you know, sometimes I do have to have, ask additional questions to uh, get to the sort of more of a detail or get to get deep into the, the whatever issues that we're discussing. But I try not to, um, I not, try not to go beyond their comfort level because at the end of the day, uh, these people live in fear. Their families are in danger as well as themselves. So, um, you know, I, I I try to stay respectful, you know, respectful of of that, but at the same time, try to get the story and try to um, really have whoever is listening or watching whatnot uh, see the big picture and the complete picture. And I think you'll see that in my interview with Elgar. Is uh, I I basically we start from the very beginning and go to today and everything that's important that's happened. Of course, the story is much bigger and it's uh, much better explained in his book, Confessions of a Russian Oligarch. What the hell is an oligarch? You know? Well, an, an <laughs> oligarch is, uh, is an individual who is uh, somehow in, in government of a nation, either yeah. a member of parliament, 
uh, or some sort of a minister or something, uh, but they also own a big business. And so there is this sort of exchange of government meets their business and their interests. So, and they use the government, they use their uh, position to basically fatten their pockets, benefit themselves, their business and, and the businesses of their friends and family and associates and such. And, you know, a lot of nations have a lot of oligarchy, you know, these systems where, you know, those in high places in, in government make, you know, just an obscene amount of money. It's because they, they have access to those things. For example, you know, let's say uh, someone is in parliament and they're able to uh, secure, let's say, construction, construction uh, agreements and uh, uh, licenses for their son-in-law's uh, construction company, right? So they're able to sort of, you know, it's nepotism. So that's oligarchy. Um, that's an, one example of oligarchy. It's a word that's been thrown around the last couple of years in, in the mainstream media, and I've never actually quite understood it. I know that it, the word, uh, the connotations uh, surround, you know, a lot of money and things like that. But yeah, I just I just had to ask. I mean, it's it's a goofy word, too. And now that I think about it, it maybe maybe there are a couple oligarchs in the US. Well, Trump is a good example. I mean, <laughs> Nancy DeVos. Yeah. I mean, you know, for example, Trump basically used his his position as president in the White House as a, you know, as a tool and, a, and an avenue to uh, to really uh, secure work and business for his family and associates and uh, supporters. It's sort of well-documented. You know, we don't have as many oligarchs in the U.S. because we are stricter, but it does happen here as well. But in other parts of the world, it's it's sort of like the norm. I know we've got the interview coming up. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to ask you, uh, since we're loosely on, on the topic, you recently got back from Canada Correct. for uh, a film festival for Motherland, your very highly anticipated documentary centering around the uh, the 21st century Armenian genocide that completely out of bounds. And Indeed. before that, you were in Armenia. Real right. quick, can you just tell us something that stood out from the, those last two experiences? Uh, give us an update where the film is at right now. Maybe if anyone listening wants to watch it. Yeah, well, the film will not be distributed for another about month or so. But... Okay. Um, it is now in 57 film festivals as an official selection. We've won, uh, I'm grateful to say, we've won 35 awards so far. You were at the LA premiere in July at the Raleigh Studios Hollywood. Um, and then after that, we've had several high-profile screenings, including a congressional screening in September in Washington, D.C. And then I, I wanted to take the film to Armenia and premiere it in Yerevan, which was a just a extraordinary experience um to to watch the film in its motherland and i invited the veterans who'd gotten injured during the invasion of artsakh in 2020 to come uh, and watch it and it was a treat sort of watching them as they watched the film and then i also got to screen the film at the american university of armenia so that was really uh, just another just really 
cool experience. And then uh, one of the film festivals that uh, Motherland is in, the Pomegranate Film Festival in Toronto. So they invited me to go. And so I went and I, you know, such a great festival, such great reception. I expected nothing, but then they had the awards show coming up on Sunday, which was this past Sunday, or I should say two Sundays ago. But on Saturday, the day before, right before the feature presentation, they gave one special award out. And so they're talking about the Golden Pomegranate Film Festival to someone uh for outstanding contributions to Armenian cinema. And then they started like reading my bio, which was a shocker. So I turned around and looked at the founder, Sevak. I'm like, wait, what? They're reading my bio. So that was like just a really cool thing, but it was totally unexpected. So yeah, it was just a truly an awesome experience uh, being there, representing our team. We have an incredible team of people. You know, I'll update everyone on when the film comes out and how they can watch it. Talk about cool, man. Yeah. Looking forward to this interview. Confessions from a Russian oligarch, uh, the author of this of this book. And it should be good, man. Yes. Uh, stay tuned for my interview with Ilgar Hajiev. The Blunt Post with Vic. You're listening to Pacifica Radio's KPFK, 90.7 FM Los Angeles, 98.7 Santa Barbara, 93.7 San Diego County, and globally at kpfk.org. Donating your car or boat is an excellent way to help KPFK stay alive and on air. All you have to do is call 877-KPFK-AUTO. That's 877-KPFK-AUTO, and we'll take care of everything. The Blunt Post with Vic. Coming up is my interview with Ilgar Hajiev, who is a one-time friend and business associate of Azerbaijan's president, Ilham Aliyev, but now a dissident and a whistleblower who just published his book, Confessions of a Russian Oligarch. Uh, I speak with Ilgar, who is very blunt, very direct, and is not afraid to uh, expose the crimes and corruption of Azerbaijan's president and his cronies and their connection to Putin. Uh, so we talk about uh, all of this, his life, as well as the 2020 attack on Artsakh. Today, I am with Ilgar Hajiev who is uh, joining us along with his son, David, although Ilgar speaks many languages, including English a little bit, just to make sure that we get all the facts correct. Uh, David will be translating for us between English and Russian. So uh, Ilgar, good morning. Thank you for being on the Blunt Post uh, this morning. How are you today? Good morning, Vic. Good morning, US. Salam Azerbaijan. Barlush Hayastan. Very good. Mother, спасибо, хорошо. So everything is good. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Let's go right into your life story. Uh, you've just published a book called The Confessions of a Russian Oligarch, which seems very uh, timely. So I'm going to ask you questions about the book, but the book is a reflection of your life. It's an autobiography in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Эх, да, давайте начнем. Вот эта книга, она у меня в руках на английском, 
и она будет на пяти языках. Uh, yes, let's start off with the book. Uh, I have it right here in front of me. It's going to be in five different languages. Fantastic. Uh, and it's already out in five different languages. So let me just sort of for our listeners and viewers to just to summarize your life story, if, if, if I may, even though, you know, you have a very colorful life. But just the highlights is that you were born in Armenia to two Azerbaijani parents. Uh, and then when you were 15 years old, your family moved back to Azerbaijan uh, and then immediately to Russia, where you grew up after that. And then in uh, 2003, as an adult, you uh, went back to Russia and uh, started a business, started a very successful construction company that grew very big and very um, prolific. And uh, you eventually started to do work and business with the Azerbaijani government, closely with the former president of Azerbaijan, Heydar Aliyev, uh, followed by his son, uh, Ilham Aliyev, who is now the president. Is that accurate so far? In 2003, to correct, uh, in 2003, he has moved to Azerbaijan. Uh, originally, he migrated to Azerbaijan in 94, but then already by 2003, he was living there. And he believed he could have helped build Azerbaijan. Right, like any good patriot would do. And so so for years, you grew your construction company to be a $4 billion company. And uh, mm -hmm. as a result, you started to work with the government and contracts and with the former president and the current president. Um, uh, is that correct? He has worked closely uh, with uh, the government to build the $4 billion company, but he never worked with the father, Haydar Aliyev. He just knew him, but he worked son. with Elham Aliyev. Yes, yes, he worked with Elham Aliyev. You work with Ilham. К сожалению, я думал, он работает со мной как мой президент, но в конечном итоге компания, которая стоит 4 миллиарда, оказалась под прицелом и попала в президентскую семью. Отобрали у меня бизнес, семья президента и его окружение. His hopes were that he is working closely with the government, the president Ilham Aliyev, to better the better the living in Azerbaijan and to better Azerbaijan overall. But unfortunately, he was just another target to take over. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jurami, and you are listening to my interview with Ilgar Hajiev, a one-time friend and associate of Azerbaijan's current president, but now a dissident and a whistleblower who just published a book Confessions of a Russian Oligarch, an expose on the crimes and corruption of the Aliyev clan of Azerbaijan. Tell us what happened when you became, you know, one of the most successful businessmen in Azerbaijan and your construction company was uh, flourishing. How did, how did things go wrong, even though you were working very closely with the government? Yeah, I can 
he will explain shortly how it started. Бизнесом я начал в Азербайджане заниматься с 1994 года, но строительный бизнес я начал заниматься с 2000 года в Азербайджане. He started uh, a business in Azerbaijan since 1994, but uh, the construction business he started in 2002. 2000. He started to uh, in 2000 to work on construction and development in real estate. How did how did things start to go wrong with? Uh, in 2003 so in 2003, uh, when Ilham Aliyev has became the president, uh, he had thought that the country is going to be uh, more democratic and it's going to start to grow with new, with new and fresh president. И поэтому я начал много инвестировать в экономику Азербайджана денег. So he started to invest a lot into Azerbaijan. В 2000 четвертом году, когда уже открылась нефтяная труба Баку Тбилиси Джаан. In uh, 2004, when the oil, uh, oil power plant И в Азербайджан пошли первые инвестиции, первые нефтяные деньги. Азербайджан started to uh, generate a lot of uh, money from oil. И начались большие инфраструктурные проекты строиться. Дороги, мосты, тоннели. And a lot of new projects uh, started to open up uh, bridges, roads, a lot of construction for house living. We've established that his construction company became very successful due to the, the economic growth of Azerbaijan, uh, partly, uh, again, due to the oil and gas that it started to produce under Ilham Aliyev. And so he was a very successful businessman with projects all throughout the, the region. Uh, what I'm trying to get at is at what point, what happened that got things to go the wrong way? How did it start to uh, crumble? So in 2005, when the brand uh, became big, and a lot of infrastructure uh, was built. In 2006, a general prosecutor was interested in Ilgar's company, construction company. The more the company grew, the more interest that the government took of the construction company. His construction company. Yes. 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 And and there was a there was something about your wife uh, that was bothering them. Can you tell us about that? Uh, problems with wife were such that she 
приняла христианство, и я сейчас тоже христианин, и слава Богу за это. И в момент, когда она приняла христианство и посещала церкви, в этих церквях везде это, да, силовые структуры следят за ними. И мне мой партнер, генеральный прокурор, сказал, что моя жена ходит в секту, в церковь, и чтобы я должен быстро с этим вопросом разобраться. И как мусульманин я должен запретить ей это делать. There was a lot of undercover police uh, monitoring this church, and the prosecutor, uh, which was uh, mixed up with the construction, was very against uh, and was calling out the Protestant church as a sect. Okay. And uh, they didn't want people going into the church and The first conflict has started off due to religion. So basically, the Azerbaijani officials had a problem with your wife starting to go to church and learn about Christianity because uh, Azerbaijan is predominantly a Muslim nation. Is that correct? Yeah. Correct. Yes, correct. And, and this is the nation that uh, Ilham Aliyev today claims that they're very tolerant toward all other religions, Christians, Jews, you know, Hindus, uh, Buddhists. Это Ильхам Алиев врет. У него вообще, я не знаю, есть ли какая-то религия. Он говорит, что он мусульманин, но он живет не по-мусульмански. Ильхам Алиев is a, a big liar. And I myself think he uh, has no religion and he claims to be a Muslim. У меня есть доказательства, что они сожгли эту церковь, в которую моя жена ходила, приносили большие проблемы людям, пастырям. И в конечном итоге только в 2012 году через Европейский суд по правам человека было выиграно дело на разрешение, чтобы эта церковь могла жить. And uh, it took a long time for the Protestant Church to get approved, but they only got approved when the European court got involved in the situation. So the, the church mysteriously burned down. Of course, it was a mysterious mistake right. that the whole church burned down. No, они даже не имеют совести, они захватили эту землю, они отобрали эту землю у церкви. They have uh, no morals. They have took away the church from them uh, for a very long time. Они забирают не только бизнесы людей и делают рабами людей. Они еще не стыдятся и не боятся Бога. Они могут забрать земли церкви. They don't only take uh, successful people and bring them down and make them slaves, but they also control people's religions and they take down churches. And any other religion that there is. Yeah, that's not right. And, and 
And of course, the book uh, that we have uh, printed out has more information on Ilham Aliyev, more detailed information to really explain what a uh, tyrant Ilham Aliyev is. I believe it. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jarami, and you are listening to my interview with Ilgar Hajiev, a one-time friend and associate of Azerbaijan's current president, but now a dissident and a whistleblower who just published a book, Confessions of a Russian Oligarch, an expose on the crimes and corruption of the Aliyev clan of Azerbaijan. Let's go back to, to when the government started to become more and more interested in his business, trying to take it over. And eventually they did take over his whole company <clears throat> and he had to um, move back to Russia and start from uh, scratch. Um, uh, tell us I... what happened at the end where you had to uh, move back to Russia. Uh, so it all started in the year 2010. When the general prosecutor Zakir Garalov has invited him to his office. И когда я пришел к нему в офис, мне было поставлено условие, что я должен 51% компании своей передать семье Алиева. When I came to the office, I have been given an offer that I have to split 51% of the earnings and give them to the president. Yes, president. So family. basically they ordered you to hand over 51% of your company's shares to the government. Uh, yes, they have uh, told to give 51% to the government, which is basically the present family. Right, Aliyev's family. Чтобы вы одно понимали, Азербайджаном правит семья Алиева и жена его Мехрибан Алиева, которые Пашаевы. Единственная семья, они себя считают, что они цари и князи Азербайджана, а все люди рабы. The country of Azerbaijan right now is under dictatorship of the Aliyev family. They think that they are kings, their shahs, and they are the ultimate rulers of Azerbaijan. Я очень сожалею, что многие европейские и западные лидеры знают, что он преступник и коррупционер, но вынуждены за энергических ресурсов начинают с ним общаться опять и приводят нехороший пример. Это это второй Путин. Он принесет миру зла очень много. I uh, feel very bad about uh, a lot of European uh, governments doing business with the Ilham Ali family due to natural resources that Azerbaijan has to offer. And unfortunately, because of that, the uh, president's family can be in power to this day. Yeah, and this is a president whose father, Haydar Aliyev, was president and now he's president. So it's kind of like a monarchy. And he appointed his wife, to be vice president. So it's a, it's just a joke as a democracy. And yet European nations, <laughs> European nations continue to, uh, 
to do business with, uh, with the Aliyev family and the state of Azerbaijan. So let's go back to after uh, your father, you know, had to sign over, was forced to sign over 51% of his company's stake to the Azerbaijani government. What happened between then and the time that he had to flee and move to Russia again? Приехал в Россию. С 2010 по 2011 год они переписывали компанию. Не только 51%, 51% я передал семье Алиева и 24,5% генеральному прокурору Азербайджана. So between 2010 and 2011, he was forced to give 51% to the a president's family and 24% to the general prosecutor. И только на этих условиях мне разрешили вывести мою семью в Швейцарию. Моя семья и я были с Азербайджана не выездные. Only on these terms they have allowed my family to leave to Switzerland. Before that we were not allowed to leave the country. Didn't you move to Russia first? He has moved the family to Switzerland and himself he has moved to Russia. Right. Okay. Okay. Они представляют президента Азербайджана Ильхама Алиева, его бизнес в России. But unfortunately, moving to Russia was one of his biggest mistakes because he had thought that people are progressive over there and there's no there's minimal corruption. Okay, I'm, I'm I won't laugh at that, but uh, I think I think uh, we're both on the same page. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with Ilgar Hajiev, a one-time friend and associate of Azerbaijan's current president, but now a dissident and a whistleblower who just published a book, Confessions of a Russian Oligarch, an expose on the crimes and corruption of the Aliyev clan of Azerbaijan. So... In 2011, after having been forced to hand over 51% of his company to the uh, president's family, essentially another 24% to the government. General prosecutor. Only, that was the deal that he had to make in order to uh, move his family to Switzerland to safety and for him to move to Russia, where he thought he was uh, moving to a freer nation that was a liberal nation and start uh, all over again, uh, if you will. Is that accurate? Yes, that's accurate. Were there um, any attempts on your life? Did they try to harm you or kill you throughout this ordeal? In 2017 and 9th of November in Rublovka, Moscow. Uh, uh, Moscow, he has been poisoned in his own house. So in 2017, uh, he was he was poisoned in Moscow. Yes, in his own house. In his own house, he has 
been poisoned in uh, Moscow. К сожалению, я долгое время думал, у меня был в гостях чиновник с президентского аппарата, звали его Шакир. Я думал, что он меня отравил. At that time, he thought uh, someone who was poisoned was one of the guests uh, who was a close uh, government official uh, with the uh, president, Azerbaijan president. Но через два года я узнал, что меня отравил мой родной племянник, моего брата сын, по сговору с семьей года Нисанова. But two years later, I have found out that this was my nephew all this time. My nephew, the son of my brother, he has been sent by God Nisanov's people to poison him at his own house. Whose people? God Nisanov. And who is he? God Nisanov is the main lobbyist of Azerbaijan in Russia. Человек, который во время войны создал провокацию между Арменией и Азербайджаном. God Nisanov is the biggest lobbyist for Azerbaijan in Russia, and he is the person who has ignited even more hate between the Azerbaijani and Armenian people. Twenty twenty. In twenty twenty. This man. Oligarch. Russian oligarch. God Nisanov. So this this Russian oligarch, this Azerbaijani Russian oligarch. Who is a lobbyist for the Azerbaijani government uh, recruited uh, his nephew to poison him? Uh, yes, he has rec uh, recruited Ilgar's nephew. Oh, Ilgar's, Ilgar's nephew. Yeah, Ilgar's right. nephew, Ilgar's brother's son. Right, right. Yes, it has been directed by God Nisanov uh, to Ilgar's nephew. У них договоренность была, что он отравит. Я домой чужих людей, так как ну, не доверял никому, не пускал. Они нашли через племянника, что он отравит меня и получит то имущество, которое на его имя, а все остальное имущество получит год Нисанова семья. Uh, they had, uh, as he understands, they had a deal between them. Uh, god Nisanov knew that Ilgar doesn't let uh, strangers come by his house mm -hmm. so he knew the only way would be through his nephew and he has bought out his nephew by uh if the deal has gone through then he would have gave elgar's share to the nephew wow okay that's god nisanov извиняюсь sorry god nisanov это человек который сейчас находится в санкциях в моей книге это написано Первые санкции ввели за близкие отношения с руководителем СВР России Нарышкиным. По моему расследованию, уже шесть стран на него открыли санкции. So, God Nisanov is currently sanctioned by uh, six countries. Uh, he has close relations with Narishkin, and that's what has started uh, his sanctions internationally. Okay. Ему еще должны были санкции за армяно-азербайджанскую войну вести, но, к сожалению, он, у него очень большие были раньше связи и в Америке, и лобби еврейское, но после санкций его убрали вообще евреи с вице-президентства Всемирного еврейского конгресса. He should have been sanctioned for provocating even more hate between Azerbaijanis and Armenians, 
but due to his connections in the past with a strong Jewish community in uh, US, the sanctions have not been applied, but currently he has been uh, uh, dismissed out of this uh, Jewish community in US. Let's talk about, uh, you know, you mentioned about Putin and uh, Azerbaijan and uh, the sort of the connection. Can you elaborate on um, what sort of a what sort of a relationship does Putin have or may have with uh, Aliyev family and that affect on what's happening, their invasion of uh, Artsakh in 2020 and the continued hostility against Armenia? Очень большое влияние имело на Путина через как раз людей Ильхам Рагимов, друг Путина и Год Нисанов. Они были посредниками между Ильхамом Алиевым и Путиным, как, как разрешить вопрос между Арменией и Азербайджаном по вопросу Карабаха. Год Нисанов и Ильхам Рагимов. Год Нисанов и Ильхам Рагимов are two middlemen uh, that have been lobbying uh, between Azerbaijan and uh, the Russian president uh, for the war. They have been uh, the main lobbyists. And do you think that uh, Putin gave his green light, his blessing to the invasion of Artsakh? I don't think Это было все по разрешению, согласовано с Путиным, что произошла 44-дневная война и произошли те события, которые погибли, к сожалению, и с Азербайджана, и с Армении люди. Но это было с Путиным все согласовано. He doesn't think, he knows that this has been a direct green light from Putin to invade Artsakh for 44 days of this uh, period. So it's hundred percent sure that he has no doubt that this was a Putin greenlit uh, invasion that happened in 2020 that resulted in 5,000 plus Armenians being uh, killed. Я одну вещь скажу, что Ильхам Алиев никогда без Путина не рискнул бы ни одного этот выстрела выпустить в Карабахе. One thing he wants to say is Ильхам Алиев will never even kill a fly without Putin's green light. Yeah, that sounds about right. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jarami, and you are listening to my interview with Ilgar Hajiev, a one-time friend and associate of Azerbaijan's current president, but now a dissident and a whistleblower who just published a book, Confessions of a Russian Oligarch, an expose on the crimes and corruption of the Aliyev clan of Azerbaijan. So, uh, he has been uh, in presence of these kind of talks where Narishkin and Yagub Eyubov, vice president, vice premier. Uh, Yagub Eyubov, which is the vice president of Azerbaijan. Vice uh, premier. Vice premier president. Uh, yeah, uh, vice he, premier. Vice yes, premier. he has been uh, directly uh, in this uh, talks, and he is aware that this is something 
has been by Putin's say. И мне очень много, мой партнер был генеральный прокурор Азербайджана, и очень много он мне рассказывал про это. And due to relations with the general prosecutor, Zakir Garalov, uh, he always had the, new, the news on what's happening from him directly, and he always was aware of what's happening. Поэтому я знаю информацию семьи Алиевых и всей этой преступной преступного его окружения снутри. Я сам находился, когда они обсуждали эти вопросы. That's why he has uh, information about the Aliyev family and the government because he is very closely working with the prosecutor. Makes sense. So let's complete the picture for those that are listening and watching. So in 2017, they tried to kill him by poison. And in 2019, he defected uh, well, first to Switzerland and then to the United States, where he's lived since. Um, what led to that decision and having to leave Russia, go to Switzerland, and then move to the U.S.? In uh, 2019, uh, Godni Samov has gathered uh, 20 armed personnel. And when he asked me to deliver one So once he has gathered the uh, 20 armed personnel around Ilgar, he has uh, told uh, that Ilgar has to give over one of the project called Vernon Sky to the president son of Azerbaijan. So he's he's threatened by 20 armed guards in Russia and yes. uh, ordered to hand over one of his projects to the son of El Ilham Aliyev, the president of Azerbaijan. Correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. And and so then you you just decide that you've had enough and you uh, you applied for political asylum to move to the United States in 2019, right? Uh, in 2019, uh, 19th of January, he has arrived to Switzerland. During that time, till 25th of January, his office, main office, has been taken over through raiding. Everything has been videotaped and he can send you the proof of his office being taken over. And this is his office in Russia, correct? Russia, Russia. In Moscow. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's across the White House in Moscow. Across, you mean the... the the residence of the president yes. of Russia. Prime, Prime Minister. Prime Minister. Prime Minister, Prime Minister correct. Yes. So you then arrived in the U.S. in 2019. And how has it been for you since? Uh, yeah, uh, in uh, 2019, in May, he uh, has... Uh, flew to London, and that's where he wanted to stay. Uh, 
Но я приехал, встретился с многими людьми, посмотрел обстановку. И на тот момент я потерял весь бизнес, все деньги. И я не мог себе позволить начинать жизнь, новую жизнь в Лондоне. Нужны были большие финансы. During that time, uh, once he uh, was checking out London, uh, he has realized uh, he doesn't have the finances uh, to stay in London and continue living there because his business has been taken over. Но Швейцария и Европа были для меня небезопасны, так как вы знаете, что было расследование президента семья Алиева покупает многих депутатов, чиновников, и они могут спокойно забирать через Интерпол людей в Азербайджан. Switzerland and Europe wasn't safe for Elgar anymore. He knows that a lot of uh, government officials in Europe are being bought out by the Elham Aliyev family. Right, which is what we've all known, that this has been going on for decades, that uh, many government officials, members of the Council of Europe, European Union, even the UK Parliament have taken bribes yeah, 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 and continue yeah. to take bribes from the Aliyev family. In fact, <clears throat> I'm surprised that you considered living in London because, as you know, the Aliyevs are very, um, they're very concentrated in London. In fact, um, Aliyev has about 900 billion euros invested, or I should say pounds, invested just in the UK. Uh, but let me ask um, you this, moving to the States, you obviously have lost a great deal of your wealth that you had accumulated through your businesses. Uh, you've lost uh, probably, I'm, I'm assuming most of that, or if not all. And so how has life been for you in the U.S. for the last three years? Uh, first of August, that's when, uh, 2019, that's when he has arrived to U.S. The first place he chose to live in is Glendale. This is the little Armenia. Uh, okay. In Glendale, a lot of people were asking, uh, how come you're an Azerbaijani citizen and you have decided to live in Glendale? I asked he said he always replied to everyone who asked why he has moved to Glendale, the little Armenia, because he says Azerbaijan and Armenia have the same tradition, same culture, same dances, same food, and he speaks at least 70% of, of Armenian so he can understand the people. <laughs> I know. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jarami, and you are listening to my interview with Ilgar Hajiev, a one-time friend and associate of Azerbaijan's current president, but now a dissident and a whistleblower who just published a book 
Confessions of a Russian Oligarch, an expose on the crimes and corruption of the Aliyev clan of Azerbaijan. В время, когда даже началась война в 2020 году, я жил, находился в Глендейле и не переехал я в это время. During the time when the war between Azerbaijan and Armenia were at its highest, uh, Elgar has not decided to move and he kept staying in, in Glendale. Потому что я знал, что армяне и азербайджанцы не виноваты. Это все под путинской диктовкой, чтобы убрать Пашиняна через Алиева. Это война, поэтому началась в Карабахе. Uh, because he knows at heart that the Armenian people and Azerbaijan people are not at war against each other. It's a, uh, it's a war that is being controlled by Putin to take away Pashinyan through Ilham Aliyev. Okay, so uh, he thinks that uh, uh, Putin has a has a objective, a goal to remove the current prime minister of Armenia uh, from power by way of by way of um, Azerbaijan. Uh, let me ask this: What do you think is the <clears throat> state of Azerbaijan's end game for Artsakh and Armenia? Because they don't seem to be happy. Having invaded uh, 80% of Artsakh, they just keep pushing, uh, invading and killing more. And now they've invaded parts of Armenia. What do you think is the is Aliyev's endgame? Самая главная цель Алиева за счет этой войны убийства азербайджанцев и армян он сохраняет свою власть. Первая его цель. The number one goal of Aliyev is uh, to raise his name in Azerbaijan, to raise uh, patriotism and uh, set himself as the hero of Azerbaijan. By getting, by getting Azerbaijanis to hate Armenians, right? Armenophobia. Correct. Correct. Right. So he's already sort of succeeded in that, sadly, but he has. So what now? К сожалению, сколько денег у него и с такой крышей, как Ардоган и Путин, Я думаю, что пока западные страны смотрят, что что происходит, у них еще долго будет получаться. He believes while he has the help of Putin and Erdogan, the president of Turkey, he will just continue taking over more power until he's being stopped. Если как Путину не введут санкции на персонально на Алиева семью на бизнес их полностью, не арестуют по всему миру, все их активы, этот преступный бандит, он будет дальше уничтожать азербайджанский народ и армянский народ. If Ehamaliyev uh, is not going to get sanctioned uh, himself and his family, he is not going to be stopped and he's going to continue doing what he does. And because of that, people are going to keep dying due to the war, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I know that you and I had a conversation before, and you have a lot of evidence, a lot of sources, and a lot of very incriminating uh, documents uh, against Yaliyevs and such. Does your book contain all of that, or your book is sort of part of that, but there's more that you haven't revealed? Книга самое главное доказывает, показывает, как работает система Путина и Алиева и как работают эти коррупционные государства. 
the book has a general explanation of how corrupted countries like Azerbaijan and Russia operate. Это книга исповедь. Я перед Богом это исповедую и рассказываю, как я жил и находился сам с ними в этом бизнесе и в этой жизни, в этой коррупции. This is a book where he opens up to God and opens up about what he has lived through uh, and explaining of how things operate and when he was in Azerbaijan and Russia during the time. Но самые главные доказательства, аудио, видео и документы, они в трех странах находятся из-за безопасности, чтобы если со мной что-то произойдет, чтобы это можно было отдать в нужное место. Я готов это предоставить Госдепартаменту США и нужным конгрессменам, чтобы они узнали истинное преступное лицо Алиева и как он связан с Путиным и как он убивает людей, азербайджанцев и армян. All the detailed uh, information he has stored in three different countries and to make sure if uh, something were to happen to him that these uh, files are safe and he is ready to give over these files to the U.S. Uh, government to check through. And congressman, government, so they see the real of Putin and Aliyev. Потому что единственный я человек, который посмел Алиеву в лицо сказать, что он коррупционер и преступник, имея на руках доказательства о том, что он непосредственно был человеком, который отобрал мой бизнес. I am uh, the only person who went against Aliyev called him a corrupted president while at the same time having proof of the corruption. Единственный человек, я перед Богом, которого они не смогли не запугать, не купить деньгами. And I'm the only person that has not uh, been persuaded by their bribes or them threatening my life. После того, как я находился в Америке, до сих пор мне угрозы поступают от воров законы. Till this day, uh, he has uh, death threats from criminals in Azerbaijan and Russia. Well, he's getting death threats from Azerbaijan and Russia, even though, you know, and he has six children too, wife and six kids. Да, у меня очень большая семья, шестеро детей. Первую дочку мы потеряли, и через что моя супруга пришла к Богу. Yes, I, uh, Elgar has a, a big family. Unfortunately, the first kid that was ever born, uh, the oldest daughter, has died at three months, uh, three months old. During that time, that's when uh, Elgar's wife, Sona, has took up uh, uh, Christianity. She has turned to Jesus in, in to have faith that the next kids that are born are going to be healthy and uh, they're going to grow up uh, smart and healthy. Elgar, thank you for the interview. I want to ask you, uh, so people can get their hands on your book, uh, if someone wants to buy Confessions of a Russian Oligarch, where can they go to purchase it? 
Я поделюсь ссылкой, вы можете разместить в своем радиоканале, и люди по ссылке могут переходить покупать. He will share a link where people can press on and uh, find place where to buy. На вашем радио. On your radio. Okay, okay, fair enough. I like that. Uh, we're running out of time, so uh, thank you, Ilgar. Thank you, David, for translating. Uh, I appreciate it. There's so much to talk about. This could have been, uh, you know, hours and hours and hours. But uh, I'm glad that you're, you know, you're safe and that uh, you've you've had a chance to tell your story through this book, uh, Confessions of a Russian Oligarch. Thank you. God bless you, Vic. Я благодарю, скажу спасибо, и я надеюсь, что мы еще много сделаем, чтобы больше не умирали ни азербайджанцы, ни армяне. Uh, he is grateful for the interview, and he hopes that uh, together we can stop the war between our nations, and we can stop the killing of young men. Armenian and Azerbaijan. Armenian. I believe so, but I have to correct you. I don't call it a war because it was an invasion. At this point, the, the Azerbaijan is the aggressor, so we've got to stop Azerbaijan. I think uh, I think uh, if Azerbaijan stops, there'll be peace. Um, but uh, it's not something to be figured out by. Not Azerbaijan. Ilham Aliyev aggressors. Correct. Not the state of Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan not aggressor. Not 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 all. Ilham Aliyev aggressor. clan aggressors. Yeah. Not Azerbaijan. Il, yeah, Ilham Aliyev and his uh, his posse, his cronies, and all of that. So yes, let's hope for peace. Um, I think uh, I think most of us want peace, except for those that make money from it. Thank you, Ilgar. Uh, we'll chat again, and thank you, David, for translating. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. That was my interview with uh, Ilgar Hajiev, who very bravely um, exposed uh, quite a lot of. Azerbaijan's president Aliyev's um, corruption connection to Putin and uh, so much more. And his book, uh, Confessions of a Russian Oligarch, has a lot more to say. Uh, Ilgar, thank you very much for being on the Blunt Post with Vic this morning. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate your candor uh, and good luck to you. Before we go, I'd like to thank my producer, Ricky Herrera, without whom this show would not be possible, and KPFK, the station that brings you unfiltered and commercial-free news, opinion, and hopefully some inspiration. Thank you for joining me today on The Blunt Post with Vic. Tune in next Monday at 6 a.m. for another episode. For more information, please visit thebluntpost.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami, at V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic.